This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. 9.17am, this is The Morning Run with Shazana Shaoning and Jen Sun. Let's get a quick update on the FBM KLCI. Going literally nowhere because FBM KLCI currently it is down 0.08% to 1,482 points. Turning our attention, though, to ESG investing. This has become the norm in developed markets, and it's also fast gaining traction in ASEAN. In line with this, RHB Research released a rather interesting regional report recently, which was titled ESG Diamonds in the Rough. The process includes mining for diamonds within ASEAN markets based on a set of ESG investment criteria. This would include having certain return on equities, low gearing levels, cheaper valuations versus its peers, and a credible ESG score above the country's median. 12 companies within Malaysia, Singapore, Thailand, Indonesia made the cut. Of which four are in Malaysia, another four are in Indonesia, two are in Thailand and two are in Singapore. So what are some of these companies here and also the ASEAN region and which ones really stand out? For insights from this report, we speak to Alexander Chia, Regional Head of Regional Equity Research at RHB Investment Bank. Alex, good morning. Thanks as always for joining us. So let's start with um, just getting an idea behind the concept and criteria in terms of quantitative and qualitative factors um, in order to be listed as an ESG diamond. Good morning. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. Now, uh, this, is a, this is an exercise uh, that we do on an annual basis, and we've been uh, looking at uh, mining for such diamonds since 2016. Um, it's a report that we publish, uh, I think it's, it's usually once a year. So we we have, as you mentioned earlier, um, we have a set of fixed criteria uh, that we that we screen companies for. Uh, this includes, um, uh, you know, ESG uh, scoring, uh, and this is based on our in-house methodology that we use, uh, which uh, essentially uh, encompasses a nine-factor analysis. So uh, rather than um, you know taking uh, uh, an externally generated score from a third party service provider, uh, we've been doing this since 2020, uh, and we have uh, in-house scores that we rank the companies by. So uh, the companies that make the cut uh, need to obviously uh, do better than the the, the median. Uh, so um, you know the and in addition to uh, this ESG criteria. Uh, we also look for companies with uh, strong ROEs of 15% or higher, um, you know, uh, undemanding uh, gearing levels of less than 0.7 times, uh, a, a rising margin trend uh, year on year. And also uh, we look at valuations, um, you know, that uh, they should be trading below their industry uh, average multiple. So for the companies that actually meet all these five criteria, um, you know, we then uh, would consider it uh, to be a diamond. And Alex, specifically for the ESG criteria, what were the parameters used? Was this arbitrary or based on benchmarking against certain ESG indices? No, in the, uh, like I mentioned earlier on, uh, we, we, do, we, we do have an in-house valuation methodology. It's a nine-factor um, uh, assessment uh, based on uh, each of the three pillars, uh, environmental, social and governance. So under environment, uh, we would be looking at um, uh, uh, issues relating to climate change, uh, natural resource preservation, uh, pollution and waste. Uh, under social, we'd be looking at uh, health and safety issues, uh, community engagement, 
uh, employee relations and under governance, uh, we would be uh, considering issues like board independence, transparency and disclosure, as well as shareholder rights. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's obviously going to be a relatively subjective exercise uh, but I think all kinds of, um, you know, ESG scoring methodologies, whether you do it yourself or whether you get it from an in, a third party service provider would uh, involve some uh, degree of subjectivity. Uh, but this this uh, approach really forces our analysts to be more uh, engaged and more involved in the ESG assessment process. Alex, the trillion dollar question though. Is there a correlation in terms of share price performance of some of these gems and their level uh, or in terms of their ESG scores? Uh, for sure. I mean, it, it, I mean, just do a simple Google. Uh, there's plenty of research out there that does draw a strong correlation between uh, good ESG profiling uh, and uh, equity market performance. Uh, and if you do look at the, I mean, and the stocks that we selected over the years, um, have actually shown a uh, you know pretty good performance. So um, you know the you know so I do think that um, you know you know with more and more people uh, putting uh, ESG up there as a as as a key uh, as an important investment criteria. Um, you know certainly uh, you know that 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 link and correlation will will continue to be uh, evident going forward. So will this be a dynamic selection process moving forward where more companies could be added or potentially dropped off the list? Or is it once you're an ESG diamond, you're always an ESG diamond? Well, I, I think, um, I mean, as in as in any kind of um, uh, investment exercise, um, you know, a, a stock never stays on, on, uh, on, a, on a positive list uh, forever. Um, circumstances may change, um, you know, the, the valuations uh May, may may get excessive and um you know so so it is a that uh, a relatively dynamic process as you say um you know because we we screen uh you know we we, we need the companies to pass uh these five uh, hurdles right that we we just spoke about uh, and therefore over time um you know the, the 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 situation for individual companies may change so um it doesn't mean that once you're a diamond you you automatically stay on on the list um, so it will, you know, the names will change over time. Alex, four Malaysian companies made the cut, Press Metal, Sunway Construction, Time.com and Samaidin, of which only one Press Metal is an FBM30 stock. What does this say about the ESG scores and financial strength of some of our other large cap companies in Malaysia? Um, I think it doesn't really. Um, I mean, if you look at one of the key criteria, um, you know, which with, which is uh, ROE of fifteen uh, percent or higher, you know, that you know immediately rules out most of the big names like say say the banks, right? I mean, you know, banks in Malaysia, uh, you know, they're struggling to do you know high single digit uh, or even you know break into double digit kind of territory. So um, you know, in that sense, uh, you know, this this ROE hurdle. Uh, does actually uh, su uh, uh, support or, or, or um, you know, favors uh, a focus on some of the smaller names uh, that uh, that tend to be, uh, you know, that tend to have a, a, a stronger niche in the industry in which they operate. Uh, can you give us some color in terms of the other ASEAN, you know, gems? How do they compare to the Malaysian names? Well, I mean, um, okay, uh, the other names in this year's report um, out of Indonesia, we have uh, AKR, Coprindo, uh, Arwana, Chitramulia, 
as well as Telkom Indonesia. And from Thailand, uh, we have identified a home product center, uh, land and houses. Uh, and uh, out of Indonesia, uh, sorry, out of uh, Singapore, uh, we have uh, Thaibev, uh, as well as uh, supermarket operator Sheng Xiong. So I think uh, they all have their individual, um, you know, attributes. Uh, you know, given that they have uh, passed uh, the 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 criteria that we have identified. Um, you know, they they all have uh, you know good ESG uh, uh, credentials. So you know, it's 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 um, you know they are attractive in their own uh, uh, you know in their own right. Uh, in their own uh, country uh, context, um, you know, and and therefore, uh, you know, it's it's um, it's one thing to you know, it's it's uh, uh, some some names that uh, we just want to focus on, um, you know, in that meet these screening criteria uh, in that in their kind of relative respective countries. All right, very very quickly, Alex, um, do you have buy calls on all of the four Malaysian ESG diamonds, and which are your top picks? Okay, uh, we for the Malaysia names, uh, we have buy calls on uh, Press Metal, uh, Samaidan Group, uh, which is uh, which is a leader in the uh, RE space, and obviously Sunway Construction. Uh, given that um, you know they, they 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 don't have a strong reliance on uh, public sector funding, uh, we also uh, uh, I've identified uh, we've included Time.com uh, in the the list this year, uh, even though we have a neutral call. Uh, on the stock and and really this is um you know this is a, a function of us trying to identify um you know stocks that meet the 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 set criteria mm -hmm. but for time um you know we we do recognize that it has structural long-term growth drivers uh we have um uh, you know it has a, a strong niche uh, in data center and and cloud services as well as good management execution track record as well as good balance sheet uh, so, you know, it, it, it is clearly um, a stop to, to walk. All right, Alex, thank you very much for speaking with us. That was Alexander Chia, Regional Head of Equity Research at RHB Investment Bank, talking to us about ESG diamonds. We're turning our attention now, though, to some stock earnings uh, or corporate earnings. We have Mr. DIY Group. They reported an increase in net profit to more than 136 million ringgit for the fourth quarter. Yeah, these numbers were actually in line with expectations. Uh, if you look at the street, does do they still like this name? Does it still, is the, is the outlook Look still positive? Well, the street thinks so because there are 13 buys, one hold, two sells. Consensus target price for this stock is two ringgit and 32 cents. The stock is up actually eight cents to one ringgit and 83 cents. Now, in terms of the outlook, the question is how many new stores can they open? Have they got uh, customers coming into these new stores? How do customers feel in terms of uh, rising costs, inflationary pressure, and for themselves, have they, Mr. DIY, have they got a steady eye on costs, especially freight costs, because a lot of the goods they use is imported in? They are seeing, uh, I think analysts do see that there will be easing freight costs, so that's a plus for them. Um, they also raise product prices. And as you mentioned, Xiaoning, I think stores, whether they'll be able to keep up that store expansion, that's also something to watch in the year to come. We are coming up to 9.29 in the morning and uh, the 9.30 a.m. news bulletin. After the bulletin, we have the property show where Chong Jensan speaks to Dr. Surya Ismail, Director of Research at Kazana Research Institute, on KRI's report uh, on resilience on residential settlements and spatial inequality. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.